Welcome to the Talking Security Podcast. We will talk about items related to Microsoft security. Hi everyone, welcome at a new episode of the Talking Security Podcast. My name is Frans Oudenerp and this time we have an episode about the new announcements that are done on Microsoft Ignite, which is held early November 2021. To enlighten us about all the announcements that are security related, I've invited my dear friend Ronnie de Jong to see what is coming. Ronnie is a former Microsoft MVP and nowadays working for Microsoft. Ronnie, maybe you can introduce yourself. Hi Franz, uh, good day. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for the introduction. And uh, yeah, for those who know me, um, I've been uh, active in the Microsoft uh, community for quite a while, always uh, focusing on the, the endpoint side. And uh, recently I made the shift to Microsoft and uh, started as a security technical specialist, focusing on the, yeah, the security solutions Microsoft has to offer. So uh, I'm more than happy for having me here and um, together with you, Franz, uh, discussing and uh, covering all the announcements related to security uh, during Ignite. When looking at Ignite the past few days, uh, what was the most important message uh, that you have got from, uh, from Ignite? Well, the most important message from Ignite is not necessarily the announcements of new products or the rebranding of the products we already have. But the vision and mindset of being security in an end-to-end stage. So whether you are covering dynamic solutions or you're covering productivity or it's data center related, you should always keep in mind that everything what you are developing or producing or delivering should come with a mind of an end-to-end security. So that's actually the most important takeaway from Ignite this year. When taking the thing in mind, that sort of thing that when developing things, when looking at the different products that are rebranded, like Azure Sentinel, what's nowadays Microsoft Sentinel, is that related to what you're saying? Somehow, yes, because we have a great product portfolio. We have a best of breed portfolio of security solutions, but it comes with an history. And it has all to do with, with acquiring uh, solutions and make them integrate in a way Then we're heading to a holistic security and solution approach. And it's not only from a technical perspective, but also from a product positioning perspective. And definitely aligning the branding helps to get out the security story. And you don't want to discuss uh, with your customers about licensing SKUs or that kind of stuff and, and, and the different names, you want really focus what really matters and that they're having uh, challenges when it comes to threats, the threat landscape, which is evolving, which is becoming more sophisticated and with more volume. So you don't want to discuss about which license or SKU I need. You want to discuss how can we protect our assets, how we can protect our end users and facilitate them without being worried about the security. So that's definitely helping. Uh, it's not the essential part, but it's definitely helping to get out uh, the message clear. So aligning all the security products, uh, it's nowadays called the Microsoft Defender solution portfolio. Like you mentioned, like Sentinel, Defender for Cloud, Defender for Cloud Apps, it definitely makes sense. 
Yeah, and when looking at the products that are rebranded, you're also calling uh, Defender for Cloud. But Microsoft Defender for Cloud, what was that previously? Yeah, Defender for Cloud was uh, previously known as Azure Security Center. And together with Azure Security Center, you had also Azure Defender. And Azure Security Center is actually the security posture management solution where Azure Defender was an add-on for protecting your workloads. And by aligning those two in Microsoft Defender for Cloud, we're just talking about the same functionality included the Azure Defender part. So today, Azure Defender is now rebranded within your Azure Security Center as a workload protection, for example. So it's, it's all about simplifying the product proposition and, and also the naming. Uh, so we are not getting confused. Although, like you mentioned, Microsoft Defender for Cloud and we have Microsoft Defender for Cloud apps. So that's something to be aware of because Defender for Cloud Apps is the new name for MCAS, yeah, Microsoft Cloud App Security, the Casby solution, for example. And looking in at Defender for Cloud, uh, there's also an announcement, I think, within Defender for Cloud area. What is new in that area? Besides the naming and the rebranding, what's new in Defender for Cloud is a few things I want to highlight is the native multi-cloud support for Amazon, AWS. Before this announcement, there was a kind of a complexity to connect and integrate AWS and uh, Google Cloud by using Azure Arc into your Microsoft Defender for Cloud. So we improved that. So we don't really depend on the AWS Security Hub, which required some, some advanced configuration that we improved and make it more easier. So you're provide with that with the native AWS API support. And with the native connector, we, we providing the seamless integration at glance with Microsoft Defender for Cloud. So that's one or one of the important announcements. And another uh, announcement I want to highlight is the bi-directional integration between Microsoft Defender for Cloud and Microsoft Sentinel. So making sure that all the alerts and the incidents which are reported by Defender for Cloud are also synchronized to Microsoft Sentinel. So we have a single pane of glass, whether it's from an SecOps perspective or an IT admin perspective, there you can have that in a single manner to manage those and uh, keep track on those uh, alerts and incidents. And um, also integration within uh, the secure score within Microsoft Defender for Cloud. So AWS is also reflecting in the secure score, I think. Yeah, that's correct, Franz. That's also the strength of the multi-cloud positioning of Microsoft Defender for cloud. Make it more easy. And that's also kindly referring to the rebranding because previously we had the Azure acronym in all the products. And that might somehow, might people think that it's only available for Azure workloads. And that's not. So by rebranding it to Microsoft Defender, we are removing that implication and strengthening the message of Defender for Cloud is not only for Microsoft workloads or on-premise workloads or Azure workloads, it's also including the AWS, the Google Cloud. And we are also extending support for VMware. And we're also extending for managing Azure, um, what's what we refer to the on-premise Azure, uh, the Azure Stack HCI. Azure Arc. 
Azure Arc. Yeah, with Azure Arc indeed. Yeah. And everything to make sure that we have everything, every asset in a single pane of glass and keep track on vulnerabilities, on alerting and so on and so on. So a complete integrated solution uh, what is uh, coming more and more so to support your hybrid workloads on-prem, but also other cloud solutions like AWS, Google, and so on to support that from Defender for Cloud perspective, but also from a Microsoft Sentinel perspective. Actually, you're putting the dots together and we are heading, or we are still in an area of a hybrid world where we're making the digital transition and everyone and every organization is going through that journey in its own or her pace. And by enabling these capabilities, you are providing the flexibility and uh, take benefit of it in, in your own pace. So that's, it's a very inclusive way of doing IT uh, security, I would say. Yeah, and um, more or less related, but Microsoft Defender for IoT is also related to cloud solutions. But Defender for IoT, is that something new? Well, because uh, Defender for IoT, we're already using that in the wild. Companies are using that to secure their IoT devices. I think there was also an announcement in that area. Yeah, that's uh, that's true, uh, uh, Frans. Uh, when it comes to um, Microsoft Defender for IoT, um, it's now becoming part of the Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, uh, this Microsoft 365 Defender solution. It's part of that right now. It's integrating in there. And with that, we also eases the discovery of the devices, for example. So currently, your current estate, your endpoints right now, which are being managed with Defender for Endpoint, they will actually act as a probe to discover all the IT or OT devices on your network. So it's it's that, and it's also extending support for VoIP devices, printers, batching. So that's that's the IoT and the OT part, which is now tied in in the Defender for Endpoint. So it's more expanding, uh, not only IT, not only IoT, but also VoIP phones, uh, you mentioned already. So uh, enterprise IoT devices that are used in an office environment that can be secured within uh, Defender for IoT. It's not only all, uh, limited to office, but it's also to, to manufacturing, for example, or endpoints which are collecting data, the edge devices uh, which uh, are connected. Those kind of devices you want to become visible in, in your holistic security approach. So that, that's why it's important that you have insights on those devices as well. So it's yeah becoming more and more important. More or less a, a, a small update, but it's also a big update in that area. When looking at one of the other Defender products, Defender for Endpoint, there were a few announcements in that area. The first one, the introduction of Defender for Business, Microsoft Defender for Business, it's coming soon. But what is it and how can it help our customers to secure their environment? We are coming from a Microsoft Defender for Endpoint Licensing queue. Recently, the P1 and the P2 licenses were announced. So we had actually for the enterprise um, a lightweight version of Defender for Endpoint and an extensive version uh, with P2 uh, license. And in between, there is now a Microsoft Defender for Business introduced. And actually, that is filling the the, the, the cap. It's actually f- focusing on the small and mid-sized companies up to 300 SKUs. And business is actually Microsoft Defender for Endpoint 
P1 license, but with an additional functionalities. And the advantage of Defender for Business over the P1 is, for example, the EDR capabilities, uh, the endpoint detection and response capabilities, as well as the automated investigation uh, and remediation, and lastly, the threat and vulnerability management. So for the small and mid-sized companies, you're not only protecting those devices, you're also able to detect and respond. You're having the detect and respond capabilities within the business license queue. Uh, that's more or less for the small and medium business. Uh, on our hand, uh, when looking at small and me- medium business in America, for example, um, that are a, a little bit larger than the small and medium business in, in the Netherlands or in Europe. So it's a perfect skew for the small medium business in the Netherlands or in Europe, uh, for example. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, filling in an, a need or an ask to uh, make it a tailored uh, approach, tailored skew or addressing the, the, the smaller companies uh, without giving them the additional features which are still valuable, but if they are not able to use or uh, utilize them, yeah, it's, ma- it's making very costly to go for the P2 license. So that's definitely an, an in-between and, and giving them an additional choice for uh, these kind of uh, uh, customers. Yeah, nice. Uh, let's let's see what happens uh, when it's available and uh, how we can help our customers uh, with that uh, no, license or SKU. When looking at Defender for Endpoint, there's also an announcement around the mobility devices, so for Android and iOS. What is that exactly? One of the, the features we already um, uh, covered uh, with the introduction of Defender for Business is threat vulnerability management. And we are now extending the threat and vulnerability management also to Android and iOS platform. So, yeah, it's also part of the journey to uh, ensure that all the features we do have, for example, in Windows 10 or Windows 11, we are trying to extend those cross-platform. So the ideal situation is that we have all the features uh, on par on every platform available. So that's part of our journey to improve uh, Defender for Endpoint, also for mobile. Yeah, and with vulnerability management, it's possible to, to detect the uh, operating system uh, that is running on that device. So if you are running out of patches, for example, that is highlighted within threat and vulnerability management, but also the applications that are used on that phone that we can detect if that is out of updates and we can highlight and get alerts on that. So you can more and more secure your environment with one of the basic principles to have an updated endpoint that is used in your environment. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. And to be honest, uh, the platform itself, we, we had some controls already out of there to, to keep up with the latest updates. But especially for Android platform, for iOS, the controls regarding to the stores and applications, that's quite strict. The chance of getting malicious uh, applications with getting in the store for iOS is, is yeah, it's quite, quite limited. But for Android, it, it has a different reputation and they are improving as well. But for the other end, their risk is yeah uh, bigger on Android and therefore threat and vulnerability management uh, is a welcome additional to it to make sure that not only your platform is running on the latest and the greatest uh, version and being patched, but also from an application and reputation-based perspective. Yeah, when looking at Defender for Endpoint, one of the main challenges that we are facing uh, customers um, in the last few months, years, is enrolling Defender 
for endpoint on devices that are not managed already or servers, for example, that are managed locally with group policies and all that sort of stuff. One of the things that was announced was related to that area, in my opinion. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's uh, the unified endpoint security we are providing. It's it's more or less similar to the, the policy integration for Office 365, the policy uh, pane in the admin center. So you can manage your or, yeah, Microsoft 365 apps uh, also for managed devices. The same applies for, um, for Defender for Endpoint. So as you mentioned, we have several ways to manage Defender for Endpoint devices and Defender for Endpoints the ability to use SCCM or Endpoint Manager. Uh, but sometimes you have a different or difficult story when it comes to service, for example. And that was a bit of a challenge. And this is also part of unifying our security storyline here, is make it easier and create an holistic approach where you can manage and keep your endpoints secure. And just the, the Windows 10 devices or uh, your mobile devices secure. But in the same story, also keeping your service secure. And that's now achieved by the Endpoint Manager Unified Endpoint uh, Security uh, Integration. So we are now able to manage cross-the-border endpoints, server workloads, mobile workloads from a single pane of glass. So that's to yeah, improve and ease our administration and just focus on protecting those devices. Yeah, more technically, managing that device that is not managed with SCCM or Endpoint Manager, but you can manage that from the Endpoint Manager console through the Defender for Endpoint agent to manage workloads like uh, antivirus or firewall, for example. What it is exactly doing, it does, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it applies for, for both managed and unmanaged devices. So you're not necessarily um, uh, required to bring those devices uh, in a managed state by endpoint manager or config manager. You're indeed right. And also for the unenrolled or unmanaged devices, you're able to apply those policies and manage them in a unified way, in a unified manager. And it's also the onboarding is, and that's perhaps something for a next episode of this podcast, is uh, we also improved the story for server workloads and uh, not only for Windows Server 2016, 19 or even 2022, but also for the uh, backwards compatibility like 2012 R2 and higher to make the, the onboarding much more easier and also in the unified approach. Yeah, and in that area, there also, it's now public preview, I think, the uh, the, the thing that you mentioned, Defender for Endpoint for 2012, R2, and 2016. And there also, in addition to uh, only managing and a unified approach, but it's also extending the features uh, to get extra security on that sort of machines, like isolation, for example. Yeah, be, be on par across the border, eh? as mentioned with Endpoint uh, for mobile. Getting on par with the functionalities, the same applies for uh, the server workloads. That's correct, yeah. I think that this one that we mentioned, the Endpoint Manager Unified Endpoint Security Approach, I think that is one of the key things that we have mentioned last few months, last few years. We have really a problem with onboarding service, onboarding into EDR, that is not a big problem, but managing the AV component and the firewall component, for example, that is, was really struggling with group policy. So this is a really needed feature. I'm looking forward to use that at, at, at our customers. 
nice to see it's evolving in that way. Yeah, I think security apps uh, are, and also the ID admins are, uh, are pleased with these uh, new features, new capabilities, definitely, yeah. Absolutely. One of the new announcements was Cloud App Security that is rebranded into uh, Defender for Cloud Apps. That was not the only thing that was announced in that area. There were also some extents with data protection and app governance. But what is that exactly? Yeah, it's extending not only the support of, of the, the apps in the catalog and also some native integrations with major social platforms like Slack, One Login, Sendesk, and so on. But also provides governance indeed, as you mentioned. And also for the cloud apps you, you integrate, for example, in Azure AD. Nowadays, we heavily utilizing those app integrations in Azure AD, and, and that comes with some authorization and permissions with the OAuth, for example. Over time, the security surface was also shifting to that area. So you might have rogue applications in your Azure AD, for example, based on your uh, settings in Azure AD, where you might uh, allow your end users uh, registering uh, applications themselves and yeah? that can be malicious applications which we are able to register uh, in Azure ID and by registering in your Azure ID for the entire company or organization and by that leveraging access or unauthorized access to your yeah that that's actually kind of a potential uh, service attack area and that's one important thing with Defender for Cloud Apps now we are able to report and monitor on those applications you have in your organization. And based on that, reporting if these are uh, applications with a good reputation and also checking out whether the authorization permissions, for example, if they are properly and not that some applications uh, does have uh, too much permissions, which is not necessarily for the functionality. That's a huge, huge advantage and an improvement of the Defender for Cloud apps update. Yeah, more increasing the visibility in the use of cloud applications and whether it is good or not good if the, if it has too much permissions and that sort of stuff. So getting more insights in the use of all cloud apps that you are using in your environment, that's what it basically says. Yeah, but what you, what we saw is that the motion of, um, using, uh, applications and, uh, third party apps, uh, SaaS apps, we encouraged everyone to, uh, take benefit of it, uh, of the strength of it. And we are protecting those applications, for example, with all the security controls like conditional access, eventually with, uh, obviously with multi-factor authentication. But on top of that, there are still, um, where potential, uh, risks over there. And that's what we are solving right now and getting that those the visibility in those apps. Yeah. One of the last uh, solutions within the Microsoft 365 Defender solution is Defender for Office. I think there was not, not a big, uh, big one within Defender for Office, but there was a small one announced as general available uh, within Defender for Office. What was that? Probably you might uh, referring to the AgTex simulation in uh, Defender for Office set up campaigns within your organization, whether it's phishing or other kinds of campaigns. Educate your end users, becoming more security or tech safety, recognizing those those kind of malicious uh, phishing emails, and improving your behavior of your end users and educate them. 
So that's the, definitely uh, what AgTech simulation uh, provides with uh, Defender for Office, which is now indeed uh, general available. Yeah, it was a preview and public preview already for quite a long time. Um, I think many of them, uh, of our customers and, and other customers are using it already. So Microsoft is also expanding the solutions within that area. And now it's general available, but there is more to come, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, this security is not, not only an IT-related thing. It's people, process, and technology, obvious, but... People, you, you should also pay attention to, to your end users. They might have a different level of tech savvy or awareness. And that's why, um, attack simulation is, is one of your tools you, you have to uh, educate your end users and be more tech and security savvy. And actually it's important because your end users are actually the, the, the front line of your defense. They are the front runners. So. Educating them and, and uh, raising their awareness within your end users, that's the first and, and most important uh, defense barrier. And of course, we are backed by all the, the, the security solutions we covered in the podcast. But even then, preventing is even better than uh, fixing it. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. One of the weakest links is between the chair and the keyboard, but it's also the strongest link because you can educate them. Exactly, exactly. We have covered the M365 Defender Solutions. There were several announcements. Um, when combining that, we can combine that into Microsoft Sentinel. Uh, that was Azure Sentinel, so it's rebranded to Microsoft Sentinel. Are there any other things that were announced or new in that area? Yeah, one of the important improvements uh, or announcements is the bi-directional integration between Microsoft Defender for Cloud and Microsoft Sentinel. So the bi-directional sync is now general available and it's allowing you to uh, bi-directional sync your alerts, alerting and incidents between Defender for Cloud and Microsoft. Sentinel. So that, that's a huge improvement and eases uh, the way to, uh, to keep up with your security posture and your threats. Yeah, so no big announcements, only uh, evolving and integrating uh, directly. What we see, uh, in my opinion, uh, when looking at all the uh, security stuff, when referring to Ignite, there is one or two times a year that we have several announcements, but when looking at the development stack, um, it's continuous evolving. And when looking at that, it's not only the, that moment of the year, but it's continuous doing new stuff, adding into the complete area. Yeah, yeah that's they're, they're, they're using uh, the, the flagship events like Ignite to announce really big announcements like new products, yeah, like, for example, uh, Microsoft Loop. And um, the, the development lifecycle of, of cloud workloads like Sentinel, yeah, that's constantly every day, every week, every month, new functionalities popping up in the console. And perhaps one thing to which is worth mentioning is is that uh, with Sentinel, um, we are uh, depending on getting insights uh, by using the connectors, the connector frameworks. And also ingesting the data. And one of the things what Microsoft also announced is that they are increasing the, the, the threshold of free data being ingested to Sentinel. So 
if you are a customer which already is on Microsoft 365 licenses, standardized, then you will also uh, allow all those users to uh, freely ingest up to 5 MB, I believe, per user per day to ingest data into Microsoft Sentinel and make it yeah, more uh, interest from that perspective. That is related to the M365 licenses that a user already have. It's limited in scope to, uh, for users which are already using. Uh, and of course, uh, the data ingestion from all the Microsoft 365, when it comes to incidents alerts, it is freely. And um, yeah, all data and other sources coming there, it's, uh, it's come with the cost indeed. When looking at the security solutions that we have within the Microsoft area, uh, we covered uh, the M365 Defender, we covered Sentinel. So we can secure our environment, uh, like uh, email, like the usage within Teams, within SharePoint, but also uh, on our endpoints. One last thing that I will cover in this podcast is uh, the identity part, because security is always starting with the identity part. Are there big announcements or enhancements in that area, within uh, the identity area, within Azure AD? Yeah, um Identity to me uh, is the foundation. So, and the foundation is is always uh, uh, room for improvement. And um, one of the announcements Microsoft did was they are increasing their SLA for Azure AD from nine, 99.9% to 99.99%. Uh, that's in an increase of 473 minutes over a year to become more available. From that perspective, uh, when it comes to uh, resilience, Microsoft is also announcing uh, the capability to have an Azure AD backup authentication services for your on-prem. So if you might face an outage of Azure AD authentication services, then you still uh, have the ability to fall back and authenticate against uh, on-premise services. And that's relying on cash tokens. So for existing sessions, you are able to continue to log in and access your, your cloud resources. So that's definitely an improvement from identity perspective. Other improvements is the ability of conditional access with new dashboarding, pre-built templates, a gap analysis. So conditional access is a great and powerful security uh, control framework, uh, but can also become uh, complex. And sometimes you might miss identities and that's where the gap analysis is handy because then you might discover weak spots or black spots that you are missing. So that's definitely a great enhancement. And one of the other things which was already in preview is the availability of continuous access evaluation. So that it's actually enhancing the conditional access framework. So if you as an end user are shifting from your uh, office work location to your home location or you're on, on the go in an internet cafe, again, you will be challenged and refresh your token and making sure that you're still eligible to um, access your resources. From that perspective, there are definitely improvements on identity. Uh, not that big announcements of new products, but it's mainly focusing on uh, improving identity platform from Microsoft. I think conditional access is one of the key features uh, when looking at uh, identity and security because uh, that is the control plane to have um, an access control feature to see what users can access, cannot access. 
and we can control the behavior of everything that a user can do in your environment. So I think it's an important piece to look at. To add, add on, it's, it's actually crucial. It's actually the center of a zero trust strategy for your organization. And conditional access is key in that. And to add on to, to conditional access, if we are referring to improvements, one of the new capabilities of conditional access is the ability to filter out on uh, applications or devices. So where you have now controls that you can select an Azure AD joint or an hybrid Azure AD joint device, it was quite limited. And with the introduction of filtering, you are able to tag applications or filter per device type and uh, the device health status or the management status of devices. So in general, to do sum up, the filtering capability, which also was introduced in Endpoint Manager, is coming over to conditional access and gives you a lot of, lot of flexibility to craft your conditional access policies uh, on your terms and on your needs. And is that also extending into the compliance policies that we can use to have a compliance view on, on your environment? Part of conditional access is the uses of the, the health state of a device, which is based on the compliance state. And one of the announcements with Endpoint Manager is the ability of custom compliance rules. So based on your own scripting or your own terms or regulations, you can craft your own custom compliance policies and you can reuse those compliance policies based on the status, whether or not a user or a device is able to access resources. So it's becoming more and more flexible and even more powerful as it was already. Yeah, that's good to hear because we have to protect our front door as much as possible. And this is helping in that way. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, one last thing to cover that's related to Azure AD identity protection. I think we can secure your uh, the environment with conditional access that is on the front door. But if there is something happening, uh, identity protection can also help. What are the improvements in that area? No big new announcements here, but in general, improving identity protection. So new capabilities for anonymous tokens and anonymous sign-ins so that we have better understanding of how tokens are being used and also the use of tokens, like unusual uh, token lifetimes or tokens that are played uh, from an unfamiliar location, so that we're actually enhancing the detection uh, methods within identity protection uh, to detect those anonymous uh, behavior. So that's actually token theft detections and risk analysis, which is more improved than we already had with risky signings uh, and so on. Yeah, and I can say uh, with the uh, detections for anomalous tokens and unfamiliar sign-in, that has really enhanced in the in the past period because uh, in our managed detect and response service that we are delivering to our customers, we see a decrease of that sort of incidents because it's more detecting in the correct way. So when it's false positive, for example, then it's not showing up anymore. So the false positives are decreasing and that's a good sign that the detection is more and more on a good state. And yeah, that's really helpful for the shock analysts to work on because when they have less incidents and only the true positives that are coming through, that's good on that area. 
And you want to trust your uh, signals and your insights. And if you are relying more and more on these kinds of security controls, you want to make sure that they these controls are right and not they're uh, interfering in your productivity of your end users. Because yeah, security is, is, is much appreciated, but can be also, if not uh, set up correctly or not working correctly, it can also be having the, the opposite uh, advisory behavior from an end user perspective. So yeah, that's definitely great to see that the reliability of the security solutions is improving. Yeah, that were the most announcements, the new improvements that we see in uh, all the security stuff uh, that were covered at Ignite in the last uh, few days. If you have questions, otherwise, uh, please reach out so we can discuss that on Twitter, LinkedIn, for example. Or if you have a topic that we can discuss in the next few recordings, please let me know. So, Rennie, thanks. Is there one message that you got from the Ignite conference to share with, with the listeners to take place or something else? Yeah, as uh, mentioned at the start of the podcast, is um, in everything what we are doing, uh, whether it's uh, from a productivity perspective or a data perspective or infrastructure perspective or an endpoint perspective, keep in mind the end-to-end security mindset. And zero trust is an important part of that mindset. In everything what we are doing, creating infrastructure, protecting our endpoints or developing applications, make sure that security is on top of might in every piece of, of the chain. So that's actually what, what what's uh, resonated to me from Ignite. Good to hear. So keep that in mind. Ronnie, many thanks for being here on the show. There are nice things that are coming into the security area from a Microsoft perspective. So keep an eye on that. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Franz. And uh, it's uh, never a dull moment, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the same for me, so to say. And of course, as always, thank you for listening to this episode. Talk to you the next time. Bye-bye.